Hi, I'm CryptoCred, and this is Wrecked. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Crypto Chamber. Chamber, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Um, you know, we have a pretty uh, pretty serious guest today, so I had to get a serious drink. So I pulled out a uh, orange Kool-Aid jammer. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> You're so you know, sophisticated. It's going down pretty smooth uh <laughs> so you're uh drinking the kool-aid as one would say <laughs> you know what a lot of people have a negative con- uh, connotation when they uh, when they say that should be a positive because it is it is nice to drink <laughs> the kool-aid is delightful yeah <laughs> thank you crazy people <laughs> yeah anyway we got an awesome show for you guys today we are uh very happy to have the one and only crypto cred with us today cred how you doing man Good, good. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Wonderful. Uh, we are obviously recording this on Eastern Time in the U.S. Cred, you are in the U.K., correct? Yes. yes. And so it is midnight for you. So thank you for staying up uh, after dark with us. Nice. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so let's get right into it. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard this question a million times, but I, we, we like to give people an idea of, you know, you're, you're, I would say probably one of the most acclaimed, uh, traders in crypto, you know, just from all your videos and all your (laughs) free content that you put out. Uh, how, you know, how did that start? Where did you get, how did you get into crypto? Mm. Were you, um, a trader before? Where did it all start? So I've always loved Ponzi schemes, right? <laughs> so go on. <laughs> We're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, Ponzi schemes and echo bubbles. You know, you gotta love it. Um, no, but a, I mean, look, my sort of inception story is kind of boring. Um, I, I think a lot of a lot of us have quite boring stories, and it just turns into something that none of us expected, so to right. speak. Um, you know, the kind of how you got into it is disproportionate. I tend to find to the effect it's had on your life for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, lol, drug, weed, money. And then they're like full-time crypto, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> it's like how they start off usually has like no bearing on how serious it is for them later. Yeah, I had this um, horrible crack addiction. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> That's literally what it sounds like half the time, man. Uh, no, in my case, it was, it was kind of boring. Um, I got paid to do some translation work uh for the csgo skins gambling website in ah. thing is I, I always get asked this question like you know how'd you get into it and i feel like every single time i say a different year by like one or two years so someone <laughs> probably thinks i'm fucking lying out my ass right but it was like 2015 16 one of those right um so 2015 2016 i get asked to do some translation work for this gambling website i do it and then the guy's like, you know, I gave my PayPal link and he said, oh, well, I, you know, I'll pay you in Bitcoin. And I was like, well, what the fuck's that? You know? <laughs> um, and he's, like, you know, no he linked thanks. me some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I was like, whatever. It's what wasn't much money anyway. So I gave, you know, he showed me how to set up Coinbase wallet and all that, all that fun stuff. Um, and then I kind of just left it at that. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, I, I was in I was at university at the time. 
So I was like, whatever, this, you know, she, that, that's how I got paid. I'm not going to think about this. You know, it's not going to make or break my life. Um, and then, you know, closer to 2017, I'd say the first quarter of 2017, when things started getting, you know, things started heating up, Bitcoin and crypto was getting more kind of attention and I guess slightly more mainstream tech uh, news and just kind of, I guess, the internet generally as things started to heap up, heat up a bit. And I was like, oh, I've got some of that, you know, um, somewhere for that work <laughs> I did back in the day. Uh, and it kind of just went from there. You know, I joined, you know, Reddit at first and I was like, oh, God, I want nothing to fucking do with this because, you know, that crypt- happened to me too. Reddit. Yeah. And then I've never I haven't used crypto Reddit ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I agree, man. That that place is dangerous. Uh, so Reddit was terrible. Uh, and I went on Twitter instead on my real life account, actually followed a bunch of these big influencers. Um on my personal Twitter account and sent them stupid DMs and stuff. There are a couple of funny <laughs> stories. Like I, I DM Bitcoin Dad. I'm sure a couple yep, of you. He was know on him. the show. We had him on a little while. Yeah, ago. yeah. So I DM Bitcoin Dad, being like, "Hey, can you help me?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, what's up?" And I'd bought a bunch of fucking altcoins, like <laughs> twenty or so altcoins, and I tried to send them all to my Coinbase Bitcoin wallet oh, address no. or something. And I was like, "Why is why isn't this working? I could send Bitcoin to Ethereum, but <laughs> my oh, fucking no. Digibyte." <laughs> I can't put on Coinbase, that type of shit. Um, so he helped me out. He was a good sport about it. But yeah, long story short, get paid for some work, um, leave it, things get interesting, and then jump into the um, place we call home, which is yeah. Twitter. So how did you go from uh, DMing Bitcoin dad to <laughs> to the you know huge following? And when did you you know get to the point where you're like you know I can I can do this and I'm gonna trade this and that's how I'm going to you know make my mm. make my living? Yeah, man. Um, a lot of luck, you know. Right place, right time certainly has a part to play. I think you know p- people like to understate the the effect of that and just talk about your oh as long as you're on the content grind and you know hard work <laughs> and all this all this bullshit right. uh, but, but context always matters so when i was doing the stuff that i did and still do um there really wasn't much going on in the sense of technical trading taking it seriously you know the educational side of things and it was all it was all a bit lean i suppose would be the nicest adjective i can think mm-hmm. of um there were a couple guys like you know crypto orca was still posting some amazing stuff um thistle was posting stuff uh but compared to what it is now the kind of sophistication and the pure uh infrastructure in terms of like taking trading seriously and teaching technical trading uh really wasn't a big deal um so for me the fundamental side was always a bit thin like you know i saw coins pump like stupid amounts just because they had some announcement of announcement that their website was going to get like a graphic update and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) is going on you know and constant scams as well like you know literal fake news like the patient tory you know were like picture with george fucking bush fda approval like dude there's just so much crap that comes to mind um so i mean and in terms of just more generally valuing these things from a fundamental point of view um i just felt like you needed like some sort of either finance or computer science background or something some merger of the two uh to do it properly so i was like well that's not going to be my edge you know so i think but given it's a very retail heavy market um maybe trading trading will work so i tried to learn how to trade off crypto twitter um but for reasons that i just mentioned you know the educational side (laughs) and that whole infrastructure not being available uh it was really fucking hard man Uh, Mm. once you're off baby pips you're kind of on your own um, and you saw these big accounts posting TA and all these wedges, patterns, and all this, all this stuff that goes over your head. 
Uh, God forbid you ask them a question or DM them. Um, obviously, they had a paid group, and the only way you kind of learn anything is by joining their paid group, right? Mm -hmm. And at the time, I think it was the standard industry rate was 0.1 Bitcoin per month. And wow. I was, you know, un law student uh, going to uni in London, so I don't have fucking, you know, tons of disposable income at the time. Right. So I was just like burning through money trying to learn how to trade technicals from guys who didn't know much themselves right so mm. i was like yeah this is this is some bullshit uh the guys are actually big um well at least the you know the ones that i followed at the time as i said with some notable exceptions i'm like these guys have no fucking idea what's going on right yeah. i didn't need to understand like good technical trading to understand when someone's kind of blagging it right making it up as right. they go along or they don't have a system or in over their head you know what I mean, right? So you don't even need to oh, be an absolutely. expert it's in a certain It's the bullshit subject. meter. Yeah. It's the bullshit <laughs> meter. Yeah, you don't need to be an expert in that specific domain to be able to tell when someone's in over the head, right? Yep. So it was that exact same thing. Uh, and that's when I started looking elsewhere. Because I was like, okay, look, technical trading's cool. I think there's something there. Uh, certainly won't be fundamental. So where can I go learn? Um, and so I thought, what, why am I spending my time in the crypto market? Why don't I go to like Forex or something? And maybe there are some technical mm. trading people or resources there. You know, market's been around for much longer. It's blah, 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 blah. Long story short, found Trader Dante's stuff, you know, easily. Uh, you know, I've tweeted before that if I didn't find his stuff, I would have very likely uh, just quit trading as a whole because it just wasn't making any sense. And I couldn't find anything that resonated with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, basically capitulated off crypto Twitter, having <laughs> lost money on some shitty education and paid groups, found the Forex guys that aren't scammers, which is a dwindling minority, yeah. uh, and kind of went from there, man. Sorry for the long answer. <laughs> no, that's a great answer because it's, uh, it's interesting. So you had... So you had no trading background before any of this, correct? correct then, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, because now it's—I mean, all your education and stuff that's out there, anybody can learn to do this off of all the things that you've learned and put back out into the space. So um, I'm sure everybody's grateful for that. So you know, you have your Telegram group. You have mm. at least 30 or so uh, videos here on YouTube. You have your free study guide out there. Um, so kind of talk about wh how, what got you there to be able to put all these or mm. to, you know, want to put all these out and make these videos and, and kind of pass along the education that you've learned. Sure, sure. Um, I'd say, as I say, like context matters a lot, right? So the very fact that when I started off, those resources, again, beyond baby pips and a couple of good accounts on Twitter, um, really weren't available, at least not in a kind of structured and systematic way that I'd like to think that my stuff is. It just wasn't really there, mm -hmm. um, or at least it wasn't obvious if it was. So apologies to anyone who you know may, may have been in that position. Um, so I think a part of it certainly comes to that, as in basic or introductory um, even though my stuff, I think, at this point goes beyond introductory. But at the very least, like the basics, it should, they shouldn't be hard to find. And you sh I don't think it's particularly reasonable to rush to make a crypto course or monetize like really, really basic technical trading, right? Um, and so for me, that was a that was a big part. Is I sh people shouldn't have to fucking waste money buying a trading course if they just want to get a rough idea of how to read a candlestick chart, right? Mm, yeah. um, so I guess that was one of the things. Um, the second thing was, I mean, it just, I got good feedback, right? Quite simply, right. I'd make, you know, either the write, a couple of write-ups or make a, when there's some of my early videos and people would really like them. So I was like, well, fuck it. You know, it helps me, it helps other people. Why not? Um, what I do want to clarify is people have this really weird vision 
a lot of the time and they'll dm me that i'm some grand fucking architect and they'll be like oh bro <laughs> you've played this game amazingly you're like playing the long game this that i'm like what the fuck are you talking about man um i just started <laughs> making these videos in like a completely stupid order like basically random uh, until I realized that they're getting some traction and people enjoyed them, at which point I was like, well, maybe I should add, a, you know, some meat, bones and structure to this thing. Like my first lesson in my technical analysis series on YouTube or whatever, the candles, how like literally how to read a candlestick chart yeah. is one of my last fucking video, like one of my most recent videos. You know? <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense, right? If you're making like a chronologically like a chronological trading course, you start with the candle, candlestick stuff and then you go on and you build upon that. Like in my case, it's all over the place. And um, mm. so it wasn't the case that I was like, look, I'm gonna, you know, fucking corner this market and just do all <laughs> the education stuff. And I've got this grand bloody vision now, man. Uh, I just kind of winged it um, based on good feedback and I enjoyed it myself. And um, it was it just seemed like the right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good go to hear. You know what I mean? Doesn't that make you feel nice? Because oh, I, totally. <laughs> I, 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 I was gonna say you you are hundred percent correct when when you say it's it it timing has so much to do with it because Bunchu and I have been putting out a plus content for over a year now mm. and have seen <laughs> zero uh, <laughs> zero ground just you know due to the fact that we're we were in a bear market for the most mm. part. So that's not true. We <laughs> we built this thing from scratch. <laughs> we did. We did. Wait till the next bull run. It's going to be on fire. So yeah, we'll keep uh, on the sell yeah, Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it plays a huge part, you know, um, and the, the amount of attention you get and you know how much interest there is generally how easy it is to get traction and all that kind of stuff yeah it totally depends chamber's on. been tweeting 10 times a day for so the much past year and a half and he's gotten like three followers yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're all my alt accounts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a serious question though uh cred, cred why why wouldn't you um, is it just because you're just at, at the end of the day just a great person? Like, why wouldn't you have a paid group and you know take everybody's money? Because I'm sure people would line sure. up to give you 0.2 BTC even. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. I mean, there are a couple of reasons. Just to set the scene, it was quite funny. I was in the final few months of my undergraduate degree, right? So it's a three-year degree. I'd finished everything, and I just had my final exams left, right? And I had people unironically, you know, DMing me, tweeting at me, telling me like, oh, dude, why the fuck are you, you know, doing school? Just drop out and make a paid group, right? <laughs> so this is right. literally like 90% of a three-year degree done, and people thought it was a smart decision, <laughs> and in full seriousness, telling me to drop out and to, you know, spend my life babysitting people in Discord, which is just <laughs> unfathomably stupid, right? Um, long story short... Uh, well, I mean, regulatory risk, first and foremost. Um, it's just not something I want to deal with, probably because of my background and stuff, but a lot of the way some of these groups operate isn't entirely compliant with applicable laws, right? I think I was going to say, say you, on that topic. You, said, you did say it was a law degree, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. so I mean, I, I, I'm a lot more risk averse uh, in that regard, I suppose, than a lot of people. Um, so I don't want to deal with the regulatory stuff. Um, I don't think it's a good business model either after a certain point you know because i think a lot of these groups have an inherent ceiling like are you going to be able to deal with a discord of more than say 100 150 people on your right. own probably not right so if you're a big account like let's say in my case you've got you know way too many followers um is it really effective to just say you know i'm going to offer a paid product but it will only be able to reach you know a tiny percentage of my overall following right it's not mm -hmm. particularly effective i think business wise to do that 
Um, and lastly, dude, I don't want to fucking babysit people in Discord all day. I mean, that's probably worse than like a full-time job, right? Because I've seen friends who have, you know, Discords and they invite me and just I, I get to see a lot of it. And it just looks terrible a lot of the time, man. People feel so entitled to your time um, just because right. they pay you. Uh, it, it's just not the kind of uh, environment I want to be in. Um, and just not, I think there are much more scalable and legally compliant and superior products that you can offer. Um, and I have nothing against monetization, obviously. Actually, it may not be obvious, but I don't. <laughs> um, I, I, I just don't think it's a particularly good deal uh, on many fronts. The regulatory front, commercially, and just in terms of what the day-to-day -day looks like as a paid group leader, you know, memes aside, um, it's just not something that I find particularly appealing. Is the money great? I mean, sure. Especially given loads of these guys pay no tax, don't register anything, and just get, you know, pure checks at the end of the month for posting charts in the Discord server. Like, I get that. Um, but I still think it's a bit uh, greedy and narrow-minded. And purely observe. Well, it's not greedy, it's just ineffective, right? Um, right? And purely observationally, a lot of these groups flop quite quickly. Um, and a lot mm. of these groups kill accounts quite quickly. So you'll have these big Twitter accounts that have a lot of engagement, they're very popular. They, they hit a paid group, it starts to take up all of their free time. Their Twitter feed becomes empty except for called this in my Discord type of shit. Um, and then they slowly fucking fade into irrelevance, you know? Um, people become defined by their paid group as opposed to it just being a facet of their income and lose the broader audience base that they were curating. So I think it's kind of got... It sets a kind of decay, if you will, on your account uh, in many cases we've seen with, you know, loads of people. So for all those reasons, and because I don't want to babysit people who think they own me, <laughs> um, <laughs> not for me, guys. <laughs> that's funny um so you know you mentioned that you, you tried to originally learn how to trade on twitter and you realized some of the people on there <laughs> d don't know what they're talking about who who on twitter do you think does like would uh, post good stuff that you know somebody might be able to go look and say hey you know this guy knows what they're talking about i least. thought you were like, gonna who ask you... me who were those people no i wanted to i wanted to do that but i went the other way instead who yeah, who no, do you, who do you like yeah no that was good um <laughs> it, it depends on what you like or what kind of content resonates with you um i think i mean my boy donald is you know, magnificent for obvious reasons. I think Loom Dart is really good. And if you put a bit of effort into studying his, I mean, does he won't give it to you on a plate a lot of the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Like there's quite, it's very trendy for people to post like quote unquote clean charts and mm -hmm. make it seem like really obvious and cool with like two lines, it's gonna happen, um, which isn't how trading works a lot of the time. Uh, right. So Loom Dart is kind of embrace the chaos type of thing, which I really like. Um, gosh, I'm struggling to think of... Uh, I'm going to feel like such an idiot listening to the playback of this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let, let's start there, right? Loomdart, Donald are really good, and there are a bunch of other people. Uh, I mean, Luke Martin, Venture Coinist, posts some good stuff as well. Um, Trader, XOXO, posts mm -hmm. nice charts. I mean, there are a bunch of people who I think know what they're doing, um, but the way they present their information and how much of it they present and all of that kind of stuff will, of course have an effect on whether you think it's a useful follow or not. Like some sure. people will really just want the kind of hold your hand education side of things, whereas others will just want to see how a pro um, goes about their business, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. it really depends. Um, if you're listening to this and you're, you just want to get a rough idea, uh, go to my profile, click on my following, uh, unless I'm using someone to counter trade, uh, which I have. <laughs> I do follow a couple of those people. Uh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> for the most part, the people I follow are 
more probably above average or somewhat decent reasonably competent all that kind of stuff right so um, needless to say chamber of credit i'm definitely not on that list <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, I have uh, muted sorry. a lot of people that I follow as well. Though sh- it's just a time sink Twitter. Honestly, I'm sure you, you gentlemen are aware of this, but yeah, Chamber yeah. tweets t- twelve times a day. I'm muted on most people's timeline. <laughs> he's muted on my timeline, and he's one of my best buddies now. <laughs> um, d- so, next question is, you know, there's a lot of different ways people trade indicators, all this stuff. You trade basically purely price action. Mm. Why price action for you? Um. Well, because it worked best for me, I suppose, is this very simple answer. Um, I, I, I like trading systems, as in having rules that I can follow and can tell me when to enter a trade, how to manage it. And, you know, basically with the anatomy of a trade from step one to completion, I like for it to be reasonably systematized and well prescribed, right? Uh, admittedly, over time, that's been... I've kind of been going from one end of the spectrum to the other. So I started off, or at least when I kind of learned how to trade properly, I had very strict rules that left much less space for discretion. Mm. Uh, whereas nowadays, I kind of have a much better feel for the market, which a lot of people are going to grimace at. Um, but I think if you stare at an asset... Part of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. If you stare at a chart for as many hours a day as I do, you just kind of... And, and you know, I've taken that many trades, and I, I still do, do all the procedural stuff. Like, I've got a trading journal where, I, you know, where I'll journal my trades... I have like a little separate journal where I post like observations and just general things I notice. I still put in the groundwork, uh, but on the specific rule side of things, uh, I'm a bit more lax. So to go back, come back to a question, why the price stuff? Um, it's because I find it easiest or found it easiest at the time to be very systematic if I'm dealing with fewer things, right? So if you're, for example, adding three indicators that you look at to your usual repertoire of charts, you then have to consider how each indicator or perhaps a combination of indicators affects your trading system right and you can quickly start to see how that gets complicated like what if two indicators are telling you can take an entry but one of them is telling you that you can't right or two bearish one bullish or you know what if they're telling you different information do you then create like a hierarchy under what conditions do you ignore certain indicators over others like i can kind of go on Um, i'm sure you get the rough idea Uh, it's just more variables to deal with would be the short answer Um, and at the time i just found it cleared out a lot you know made a lot of headspace available not having to think about um all these indicators it worked well and i just haven't had a need uh to to go back to it since that doesn't mean i think indicator trading's bad right i think that's the thing that a lot of people fuck up um mm-hmm. when they look at price i mean price action traders or whatever that means get get this wrong as well um and they give off the effect that the only reason that they use um, nothing but price is because all indicators are shit or, you know, they're all terrible and you shouldn't use indicators and so on, uh, which I think is absurd. And it's, and it's just, I think it's mostly a matter of personal preference. So for my specific circumstances, uh, early on, I just find it easier to come up with a, um, rigid ish trading system that used no indicators. And I've kind of developed on that without there being much of a need. Uh, that's not the same as saying, I think trading with them is bad or that they don't have a place, uh, in a good trading system. Right. Mm-hmm. So somebody learning how to trade, what would be your biggest piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice for somebody uh, learning how to trade, uh, you know, other than, hey, go look at my free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'll say um, you need a journal and there are two things that you should keep a record of. First of all is yourself, right? So you're trading, um, how you feel entering trades, 
your views on the market, just kind of you as a, you as a person, keep a record. Uh, and the second, well, you know, you're basically your standard trading journal. Uh, but the second facet of that journal, or basically the act of record keeping, I'd say is you need to keep some sort of either pattern book, chart book, log book, or basically ledger of observations uh, for the specific market or markets that you're trading, right? Um, there are certain setups that you will learn from technical analysis videos, textbooks, whatever it may be, that will either work exceptionally well in your market or not work at all in your market, right? Some timeframes will be better than others, some setups will be better than others, some patterns will be better than others, some trading sessions, days of the week uh, will offer certain setups that work better. You know, th there's just so much you can derive from careful observation and there's no way that you can do any of that uh, particularly effectively uh, without keeping a record, right? To, use, to give a basic example, um, one of the, I suppose, tenets of support resistance trading, right, is that when classically, if you have a level of support that's broken and price comes back to it, you expect that to act as resistance, right? That's fairly mm -hmm. uncontroversial. Um, now, in some markets, that will work really bloody well, right? You've got a very clean level, it's broken. If price comes back, um, more often than not, you'll get a chance to sell it and it'll give you a trade, right? Mm -hmm. On Bitcoin, uh, on an intraday basis, that is literally one of the worst performing setups that you can trade, <laughs> right? You will not find an easier way to lose money trading Bitcoin than shorting like intraday short-term broken sport turned resistance. And 6,000 is the perfect example of that. Even before the bottom came in, uh, you know, at three, three, one, three, two, whatever it was. Um, on the way down, that was still true, right? You have broken support. People are like, oh, we're in a bear market. I'm selling this level. It would get smoked. Uh, and the only way you could kind of arrive at these conclusions, like it's a totally valid setup, right? The support resistance flip, right. whatever. But unless you study your market and make notes and do your homework, you, you'll just keep losing money doing the same things. Um, hmm. So, to, you know, to come back full circle, I think just keeping a record of both yourself and the markets you trade when you're starting out um, is is invaluable, and I wish I wish I'd done it sooner, to be honest, because I had to learn most of my lessons through losing a shit ton of money, yeah. not even a shit ton of money per se, more so a shit ton of trades. Mm. Um, and I was just like, look, this is a lot of the setups that I teach and trade myself have been derived in one way for another, uh, or another from losing trades, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'll try to buy or sell a certain level of structure, and you know I'll get stopped out, and then price just comes back to the level and reacts perfectly and flies away. And I just think this is some bullshit, right? <laughs> I, I, got, I got the level right. I, you know, I got the direction right, but somehow prices stopped me out. Like, what the fuck's going on, you know? And the only way you can kind of slowly, um, you know, it's kind of a war of attrition or get to the truth is, is, is by observation and study. And I think journaling is um, the most effective way of doing that. Like the most recent, one of my most recent sport resistance videos um, I, you know, I teach a specific setup that's, that forms around support resistance levels. And I remember this, the specific trade um, that got me really interested in studying or a arriving at the setup. Ethereum dollar had an amazing level at like 140 or something, you know, perfect number of touches, you know, amazing like little shelf. It breaks out and I'm like, oh man, this is so sexy. I can't wait to buy the other side of this. And it was, it was like at the fucking top, man. I got stopped out like in the same candle that I bought. And then it was a full-on fucking trend reversal from there, you know? Oh, wow. And I'm yep. like, this is some bullshit, man. Like, this is an A-plus level in any, 
you know, any form of technical analysis, this level is amazing. Why the hell, how have I just bought the top? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, and so a lot of the time, a lot of the setups or little rules that I have, uh, they've come from me recording and analyzing and going over trades that have gone against me, right? Um, yeah. there's, there's an insistence or I think people get the tone when it comes to losers wrong a lot of the time on crypto twitter you'll see something like well okay my risk was managed stop loss triggered onto the next one it's like well yeah but no right right <laughs> uh, you still lost <laughs> you still lost and it's great that your risk was managed i mean you should, I should, that's something you worry about before the trade right like that's mm -hmm. that's not there's nothing new there um in terms of new stuff that you can learn from uh, when, what I like to do, or I, I still do it to this day, but early on it played a really important part. If I got stopped out of a trade, um, uh, you know, like trading a sport resistance level, I'd keep that level on my chart, right? And mm. I'd see how price would react either after I got stopped out or when it came back to it days, weeks later, um, and see kind of, you know, is there any behavior there that could have either kept me out of the trade in the first place or that I can get involved in subsequently, right? So I wouldn't be yep. dismissive of losers uh, either and coming back to the original point a good trading journal won't let you do that either right because you review sure. your winners your losers and you kind of see what's up um so that's a very long way of saying journal yourself and journal the market that you trade yeah it makes sense and that's a you know a good example of why you would want to do that right because mm. i'm pretty sure everybody would recommend that you do a trading journal right but um that's a, a really good real life explanation of why it's so important you know mm. uh, because and i think the, the hardest part about that is is discipline you know <laughs> and, and being honest with yourself and uh, and just doing it you know what i mean because uh, that's the part that i struggle with is the discipline aspect mm -hmm. of the trading journal portion you know but it also keeps me when i am doing it it keeps me from over trading as well which is a problem that i have had in the past mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah so yeah um for sure now you know, we, we talked all about becoming a trader and everything like that. Where do we say the market is going crazy right now in the last week or so? Where do you kind of see us at the moment for Bitcoin? Yeah, um, I mean, at the time of recording, price is uh, 82.82 on BitMEX, which, of course, you wouldn't know about because you're American, so you've never heard of this exchange. <laughs> I, what's uh, BitMEX? I've never heard. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, context-wise, the way I look at it is... Um, when we have these major levels of either major ranges or major levels of support that have been around for a while that are broken, uh, I don't like to trade or try to knife catch the first impulse down, right? Mm -hmm. So um, 6K is the classic example. When 6K broke down, my personal technical view was that um, you're going to lose or you're very likely to lose money if you try to knife catch this, right? Um, and even if you do manage to catch a nice entry from the 6k breakdown, the chances that you, you know, get impatient, puke it early, cut it too early, all that, all these kind of subsequent risks, even if you have a nice entry, um, basically make it not worth catching the knife, right? right. And I have a somewhat, I essentially feel the same about uh, this range breakdown, right? We, we've broken down from like 100 days of consolidation. Uh, if this is the start of a new trend, then I expect the new trend to reflect the fact that we've been consolidating for such a long time, right? And given that, I don't want to be fading what could be the early formation of a, of a new trend, right? Um, I even remember, again, to go back to the 6,000 level, uh, people were thinking, oh, well, if 6K breaks down, we'll have like a quick spike, you know, like one weekly candle to 4.8K, and then, you know, we'll go straight back up. Uh, although that's obviously not what happened, right? Because what, what that actually was, was the 
formation of a new trend. So long story short, I think for most people listening, especially if they're not like day traders, scalpers, whatever, we had a breakdown from a huge weekly level at like 9.3, 9.5, whatever you want to call that range low that we were in. Um, if you're interested in being a buyer in this market, at least this is my personal view, usual financial advice stuff, don't be an idiot, blah, blah, blah. My personal <laughs> view is that um, it's much better to be a buyer in a strong market that's proven to you that, especially in the way Bitcoin behaves, that broken um, support has failed to turn to resistance, right? So at the, at the in 2018, or specifically, I suppose, on the breakdown in 2019, that was price blasting through the 6K level, right? Um, once that happened, we had very clear, you know, trend reversal and price went up basically vertically with no heat. Uh, I imagine right. the same would happen if we trade to 9.395 and blast it, right? So in terms of this being a buyer's market, could you make an argument for trying to catch the knife down here, sort of scale in at 7.674? I mean, sure, you could. But then the risk you take there is uh, that you're wrong, obviously. But not mm -hmm. only that, but that you're fading or trying to buy the first leg or the first consolidation of what could be a new trend forming, right? And that risk to me is kind of just not worth it, at least from the way I trade, from a high time frame perspective. If you want to scalp in this range and do all the intraday shit and do all of that, that's great. But uh, you know, I like when I go on podcasts and stuff and talk about price, I like for it to have some sort of, uh, you know, the expiry date that isn't tomorrow, so to speak, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so my personal view, if you're interested in being bullish, um, historically, people even if they get it right, they still manage to lose money. Um, on trying to catch the knife, right? Right. I think if we trade anywhere near 94, 9500, Bitcoin will do its typical thing where the quote-unquote bearish retest of broken support turned resistance gets absolutely bazookaed, right? I think mm -hmm. if we even, like trading, even trading close to 9395 would be bullish for me. Um, and I think we'll, that would be very good bullish evidence. We'll probably go up to like 11 and basically go back into the range, right? Yep. Uh, in terms of knife catching levels, I mean, God knows, we're kind of at support now, and well, we were in the middle or lower half of sevens, as you know, the 7,000 price handle. Mm -hmm. um, but if this is indeed um, like the last macro breakdown we had, the formation of a new trend, I mean, sevens isn't going to do anything apart from provide a good bounce, right? Uh, so I suppose the most reasonable conservative, I think, safe play um, that has worked as well, you know, on previous range breakdowns that I can offer... Uh, from my perspective to the listeners, is leave the attempted knife catching to the traders and the scalpers and all that type of people who think, well, think they have an edge in that type of market. If you're looking at it from a higher time frame perspective, investor perspective, swing, all of that, um, we have very similar structure to 2018 where we have a massive level that was broken. Uh, if that level gets smashed back up to the upside, which I think if it trades to, it will, um, then you probably have a free ride um, much like at the first in the first quarter of this year to, well, back to the range, so at least 11 to start with. So I suppose in one sentence, looks shit for now. If it gets above 9395, uh, it won't look shit, and I think if it gets that close, it will. Uh, but knife-catching season until until proven otherwise, I suppose, would be my answer. I'm always always really terrible at price predictions in podcasts. I just <laughs> yeah. don't get into what, it way too much. But which which jacket do you wear for knife catching season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my you know my Moscow winter coat I think uh. is most suitable. <laughs> it's it's just a certain uh, perceived sexiness and like trying to catch the bottom. But what most people don't realize is even if a lot of the traders who do, um, they'll end up like 
Because there's a risk that it's not the bottom, and so their trade management goes out the fucking window a lot of the time. You know, even if you catch like seven, you know, eight, seven, whatever it may be, and we trade back to nine three, they'll probably start cutting into nine thousand because they're just so risk averse, and you know they've held the position from the bottom and don't want to give it up. Whereas it's my personal view and from experience, anecdote, etc. The people who sold on the six k breakdown and said fuck this market and bought when it got back above six had a much nicer time and probably made much more money. Uh, than those who, you know, were trying to knife catch and hold swing trades from 3,000 for weeks, you know? Uh, it's just observation. Yeah, it almost seems a little, it's funny because it almost seems a little counterintuitive, right? So, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people are like, well, you're probably listening like, oh, well, you could buy now at 8,000 and if it goes, uh, why would I buy at 94? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So um, I think it, it does, unless you understand why, like you said, um, it might be a little counterintuitive, you know? Oh, I totally agree. Um, but it's just the temptation to be involved in the trade, right? Mm-hmm. And especially when you think, when you have a really fast move down. Uh, you know, a lot of it's psychological. You have a really fast move down and people weren't on board um, that move and they feel the itch to trade. And they're like, well, you know, Christ, I, I just saw this really, you know, I could have made so much money if I was short. I really want to make some money. How do I get involved in a trade? And they usually open up and see like, oh, you know, we're oversold and all this shit. So I'm just going to long, hoping that, you know, the move up is basically retraces the full move down just because they're in a trade now, right? Like the market right. doesn't care whether you miss the move or you're in a trade, not in a trade, your stop is a break even. Like it doesn't give a shit. Um, it does, it's, not, it's not a sentient thing that knows these things per se, right? Uh, if, if you miss the trade, you miss the trade. You're not owed anything uh, in that regard. Um, yep. I just, I, I'm just getting not flashbacks to 6K in the sense of, you know, oh, that's it, bear market, trend reversal, etc. Uh, what I do think is comparable um, is the fact that the knife catchers will always struggle, at least on the high time frame chart. Uh, and, it just, and the people who are willing to wait and buy higher up uh, will usually have a much more stress-free ride, which usually translates to better trade management and could mean better results as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chamber, any other questions before we move on to some fun? No, I am uh, just taking all the notes that I can at this point. So far, I've, all, <laughs> I've only written down market by Bitcoin. That's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's I different mean, for investors, right? Like, if you're bullish and you're seeing this as, like, cheap, which is, I mean, okay, that's not... A f- framework that i'm hugely adept in but if you, you no, know if you're kind of like a dollar cost average type of person and do all of that that's absolutely fine uh, but purely right, as a technical guy right, yeah i exactly. agree it's much different but as a technical guy i can tell you that this asset um likes to offer continue like like continuation after strong moves up right? right so 6k broke down that was the formation of a new trend and we shat for a while right on the upside 4.1k we had a range people seem to forget but you know after we hit you know, that big drop from 5K when it bottomed at well, like 3.5 or something. Mm-hmm. We then formed a range between kind of 3.4, 3.5 and 4K. Once that range broke out, we also had tra- trend continuation from 4 all the way to, you know, 13, 14. So mm. th- there tends to be really solid follow through when these long lasting ranges break down. And so what we've had in the weekly, we had a similar range and it's broken down at the moment. Do I want to buy the first... <laughs> the first candle or the first consolidation after a breakdown like that, given what I've just said. My personal view is no, not at least not on a swing, whatever, macro basis. What we do know works is that when it comes back to these levels and they fail, just like at 6,000, um, that's when you know that the sellers are offside and it's a strong market. So I'm happy to wait for that. 
It's yeah. unreal. This is free content, people. This is un- unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable <Yeah>. content. <laughs> uh, all right. We are going to move on from the uh, the technical Thank interview God. questions. <laughs> yes. And we are going to go into uh, what we do best, the fun and games. And so uh, this is the segment that we like to call Wrecked Rapid Fire. <laughs> So we are going to just throw you a bunch of questions, uh, more just about yourself, just to let the people get to know cred, right? So um, I'll I'll start one. Some might be crypto, some might not be. So this is going to be the blow off top on my follow account. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so um, let's. You you mentioned uh, back in your early days of crypto, you were you had bought a bunch of alts. What was the first? altcoin uh, we won't count ethereum what is the first altcoin you ever bought sia coin <laughs> oh wow okay that, i i held some sia for a long time chamber are you have you ever held i SIA coin? don't think i have out of all uh-huh. the alts that i've purchased in my day uh i don't come on bro decentralized youtube once pewdiepie moves uh, over it's all over i feel now. like there's been i feel like there's been nine decentralized youtubes i feel like i, I definitely own three of them <laughs> Uh, I remember owning Sia Coin when on on like the day that uh, McAfee tweeted about it. And, of course, yeah, I remember yep, that. And I couldn't try to sell it fast enough. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was going crazy, and I just I remember going downstairs. It was like around Christmas time, and my brother, I was like, "Did you see McAfee tweeted about Sia Coin?" <laughs> Oh my God! All right, Chamber, you got one. All right, uh, uh, Cred, I'm I'm actually not American. I'm Canadian, and when you're Canadian, you 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 kind of have this balance between American culture and British culture. Mm. So uh, when when the when the event comes up, I do like to flex my British knowledge and uh, uh, British <laughs> weird flex, but okay. yeah, exactly weird yeah, flex, yeah, but yeah. you know we'll go with it. Uh, uh, so uh, what I like to use is the uh, is the UK terms as much as possible when I am speaking to a uh, you know some from uh, across the pond if you will sure. so what is your favorite takeaway uh food so for those yeah for those of you listening i'm takeaway, assuming that means fast food that is uh well uh yeah like any sort of like uh take like, out right? take out yeah, take away okay. exactly oh man um i love a good indian you know it's, it's just, it just has really? to be said yeah it's, it's like, so good and I've, I've been to england once and the indian food in england is oh mate it's, it's unbelievable See, that sounds like it would be like Rocky Mountain oysters to me. <laughs> like, oh, man. You no, go to India so to get rich. Indian food, Well, right? you don't... Yeah, I mean, you have to understand your history at this point. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm that's true. British yes, colony. that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, you they, see, they, so we've got... You know, the colonization, of course, itself was... I mean, Christ, the, the atrocity is not even going to touch that. Uh, <laughs> are we not going to get into that right now? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, that's all right. Columbus Day is coming up yeah. soon over here, <laughs> <Yeah>. so... <laughs> That's fun, isn't it? Um, all, all, all that aside, no, you know, not to downplay it or whatever, uh, but purely talking takeout and food. Yeah, silver topics. lining. Yeah, <laughs> silver <laughs> lining. <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, look, the food's Indian food's fucking great, and we're we're lucky to have as as much and the quality that we do um, all across all across the UK. But no, that that will be my favorite, man. Like all pizza right. and that you can get anywhere. Like the pizza yeah. in New York, spreading the pizza in London. Like that's indisputably true mm-hmm. um undisputably true i think it's undisputably uh, true god i think it's undis- we're not going to dispute we're not going to dispute we're not going to dispute un versus in here it's um, indisputable it's in- <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i think indian food for me man I, all the other stuff you can get 
anywhere else and it's you can probably get a better version but i think indian food in the uk that's you have to you have to that, that that's it for me that's good um all right my next one here where do i want to go how about hmm who is your celebrity crush oh um god you know what i'm really shit at popular media culture type of stuff um so i mean unless 2d girls count but (laughs) i'm joking of course uh what what's that what's that what's that bird's name who have you seen like suicide squad or whatever all that kind of that joker's girlfriend that blonde australian chick what's Um, uh what's her name um she was on uh, robbie is she yeah margot robbie margot robbie oh yeah she's in the big short Yes. 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 yes of course, she's Wolf of short. Wall Street. That's a good one. Well. That's right. Yeah. She Wolf of Wall Street's the one. That's, that's uh, the one. Of course, I go to fucking obscure failed movie Suicide Squad. Yeah. Suicide Squad. Right. Remember? <laughs> I'm like, oh, big shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can tell who the fucking traitor is in, not, in the room. Yeah, nope, not me. <laughs> okay. Not me either. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, I got a question for you. Um, Let's go with, uh, you know, we're going to be, by the time this drops, it'll be October, so we should ask a Halloween-based question. (laughs) Uh, Cred, what, uh, you know, through your childhood, through your adulthood, what was your favorite Halloween costume? Oh, God. Um, Well, the thing is, I grew up in Moscow and then moved to the UK when I was 10 or so, and in neither of those places is Halloween a particularly big deal. Um, Mm. But in terms of costumes, I really like those... You know those costumes where there's like it's like someone's carrying you. You like put your legs uh, yeah. through it, and you know, kind of walk around like you're on that yep. sitting on that person's neck. Um, yep. There's a really funny one that I'm gonna probably get for this Halloween, and the person carrying you is uh, Vladimir Putin, the. <laughs> the president. Uh, I, I think that would look quite funny. They've got all the, you know, they've got all of them, like a Trump one, and the. Kim That's Hill terrific. One. Yeah, That's yeah. Really so funny. I think I'll get get one of those, but. You know, I used to do the shitty type of, you know, ooh, Grim Reaper and all the all the mm-hmm. other shit, uh, but nothing particularly interesting. I think I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll give a more, you know, concerted effort this year to put on a proper costume. But you know what? It's kind of dead here, man. Um, it's a very Halloween. yeah, yeah, not a big yeah. Dinner. It's not not huge, not at all, man. Interesting. You better get um, something spooky over there. They're asking for something spooky. Vegas for World Crypto Cons. I mean, compared to last year, the festival. Oh, you were there last like, year? Yeah, I was, mate. I was. Uh, was it? Because uh, that was right around Halloween. Same. Yeah, yeah it was. Right? I think yeah. Halloween Day was. Yeah, one of, I Are you going felt, again this year? No, nah, fuck that, man. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think with Vegas, like you go once and you That's walk enough. down the strip one way, you walk down the strip the other way, 30 minutes have passed and you've kind of seen everything. In that <laughs> I, regard, I, get, so, I get the idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You kind of, I mean, it does what it says on the tin, right? Um, which, is, which is great, but not, not worth the 11 hour direct flight. Yeah, that's tough. I forget. That is, I forget it's so long. It's just yeah, the wrong yeah. fucking coast, and it's man. like six time zones for you yeah, or bollocks, whatever. Mate, so. bollocks. And the conference yeah. was shit. I mean, it's nice to meet people and see them, but I mean, not not again. You know, I've kind yeah. of once you do Vegas once, I think unless you actually love the stuff to do there from for the PG people, like gambling and all that right. kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I gamble for a living as it is. I don't need. You know, <laughs> they need right. to do that in a place where I don't have an edge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not true. going. My, the thing is, my wrecked story will take us back to to that conference. So don't worry. Oh, about all it. right. Well, let's. Do we go? Yeah, let's hop in. Oh fuck. Okay. Um, so the crypto dog's a great guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was hosting this. I mean, he's very well connected, obviously. 
and he was hosting this kind of drinks, open bar, whatever thing at the Aria with a bunch of who knows what, right? I just heard open bar and I was like, I'll see you there, mate. <laughs> um, and so I, I walked over there um, with Don Alt at the time and, you know, we're chatting to some people, etc., etc. And long story short, um, I get blackout drunk and kind of escorted out of the, <laughs> out, of, out of the premises that I'd been so, so kindly invited to. You know, kind of, yeah, I'm fucking nobody. And he's like, come to this open drinks, open bar thing. There's like investors and all this networking. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> Blackout and get kicked out. Oh, um, and then Altcoin awesome. Psycho and Donald carry me to my fucking room, you know, take my shoes off and shit, put the bin oh, on the bed, a, a bin on the bed next to me. Um, and I wake up at 6 a.m. fully fucking terrified with memory loss. So that was great. Um, <laughs> So you had a great time at the conference. I had a great time, what man, it yeah. sounds like. Wow. Uh, so shout out, I mean, shout out to Alcoin Psycho and uh, and Don Alt for taking care of you, tucking you in. That's oh, nice. of course. Yeah, no, I, I was spoiled rotten, mate. Surprised one of them wasn't cuddling me in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I like to... Chamber, I, liked, I feel like you'd take care of me. A hundred percent. I like to be the person because I, uh, I, I will get fairly intoxicated, but it does take a lot. So uh, for the most part, somebody will get blackout drunk before I'm at that point. That's me too. I'm, and, the, I'm the dad of the group. Yeah. So yeah, I want to make sure people are, you know, people are having Except fun. I'm like the drunk dad. Yeah, 100% I'm, I'm drunk like, dad. I'm like I would the, be cuddling with you. Yeah. I'm like the dad that, I'm like the dad that drinks a 30 pack to prove to his son he's a man. <laughs> like I'm that yeah. dad. And then drives him home, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because <laughs> oh, I got man. scammed, right? So I was quite moderate in my drinking. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was just getting whiskeys from the bar, and they just changed bartender. So whatever I was getting, I didn't know the fucking name, right? I'm, I don't know these things. And so I was like, oh, I'll just get, you know, what do you recommend? And he gives me this name. I was fine up until this point, right? I mean, I was sinking them. I was fine. And he was like, oh, I asked him for his recommendation, and he, he gave it to me. And then he's like, careful, man, that's very strong. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be all right. And that's the last <laughs> thing I remember. <laughs> so I guess he was right. Man, that's <laughs> so funny. Oh, man, that's good. All right, we have uh, one more thing here that we're going to do before we let you go. Sure. Um, I came across this today, and I'm sure <laughs> people have probably seen it on Twitter. It went, like, crazy viral and had a million. I just tweeted it out so. from the Wrecked podcast account. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. good. So people will see this. Um, somebody sent it to me in our group chat today on uh, the, of a text with a bunch of my friends, and basically... It is, uh, how would you describe, wh what are we calling this? We're we are calling this segment Fictitious Fisticuffs. All right, and, and so what this is, is it's a chart, and it's got, I guess, a, a bunch of, like, brand mascots is what you would call them, Yeah. Right? So, and then it's a sliding <laughs> I guess scale. We could, I guess we could have called it mascot melee, too. Ooh, I mean, mayhem. Yeah, may yeah, yeah mayhem. that's right. I like that. <laughs> and, or what was the other one? Cartoon uh, combat? Cartoon combat, yeah. yeah I like that. Really, you've really done your homework for this show, huh? <laughs> Look, we, this is the stuff we're good at. That's Greg. exactly <laughs> right. We're going to stay, we stay in our lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, essentially what it is, is there's a scale, and it says... 
Uh, They would absolutely kick my ass, and it's got a bunch of mascots. Then it says, what would be a fair fight in this person's eyes? And then uh, I could definitely kick their ass on the lower end. So I'll start here in the I could definitely kick their ass. It has the Keebler Elf, uh, Mr. Peanut, the Hamburger Helper Hand, uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy, um, the Quaker Oats guy and the Gerber baby. <laughs> uh, this is this is so North America centric. These icons. <laughs> I know I can recognize like a third, maybe. But well, I'll have all to right, judge which my one, physical appearance. Which, yeah, which one are you familiar with? Which one are you familiar with? Um, and the Quaker could you blow, kick their ass. Uh, yeah. Okay, if we're starting with that category, I disagree with the Quaker Oats guy. A hundred percent. I'm with you. I think I that's think... fiction. I think he'll come out with that kind of old man strength. And this is absolutely. Know, the hardened kind of times, you know, you've got no idea how easy you have it and just pound you into the Now ground. that being said, Quakers are notorious for their 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 peaceful ways. They've actually uh, in 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 drafts in uh, in North America, Quakers are the only ones that were exempt from being oh, drafted course, into yeah. war. So I mean, you could maybe punch them and they wouldn't punch you back. So oh, I'm, I'm familiar with the religious context. Yeah, so I don't know. I think, I, I think it's fiction, mate. Uh, it's just you, the front. You, know? you think like, that's yeah. like, like a shell company. Th- <laughs> yeah, if you go threaten that guy's family, he's that, That's what I mean. Listen, listen here, English. <laughs> wow, <Whap, laughs> right in the kisser. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, uh, yeah, I mean, the Quakers, yeah, again, agree. Historically and theologically, all that stuff, you know, nonviolent, blah, blah, blah. I think it's bait. Like, you, you make that guy f- feel threatened. Um, yeah. I, th- I think he pulls something out of the bag and it's nothing good. No, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I tend to agree. You. That's the one that is totally, and he's like on the far scale. Yes, he is the of, the one that's easiest to fight. He's on yeah, the which far I, right. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's ooh. on the far right. They're saying the Gerber baby is slightly more <laughs> difficult. Are to you going to punch a baby though for real? Uh, hey, look, I'll, I'll tell you this: fighting babies is easy. It's, it's in my wheelhouse. It is easy. Um, all right, Pillsbury Doughboy, I agree with. I can yeah. kick his ass. Uh, Keebler Elf, he, uh, you, uh, you could kick his ass. I mean, Keebler Elf has magic though. It's a, it's an elf. Ooh. Has magic. Interesting, interesting. And yeah, look at that thing, man. I know, I hear yeah, you. Right, Not a exactly. lot of magic. He's old and he's tiny. There, he's an elf, so you could like step on him. I guess. If so. I had magical powers, the first thing I'd do is make myself not look like that. Right? Yeah, make so. myself not an elf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so, so then in the, quite limited. in the slightly easier to beat, but you could still kick their ass. The uh, Mr. Peanut um, and the Hamburger Helper glove. Um, what are your thoughts there? I'm Craig? quite worried about Mr. Peanut's weapon. Right? Uh, yeah, he does. It just looks like a stick or like a cane, but what if it's like, you know, Kingpin from fucking Spider Man and shit? Mm-hmm. His, his cane could do all kinds of spooky shit, um, like weaponized type <laughs> yeah. of thing. So, I mean, I'd be kind of worried. Um, also, those with peanut allergies, obviously. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's a good point. Good so, I mean, he's got quite a, <laughs> you know, he's got some tricks up his sleeve. But yeah, no, I'd kick his ass. I mean, look at him. He's skinny arms and legs. Just, <laughs> sn- snap his shit up, mate. He's got Chamber, no do you. Do you, you know the game Cards Against Humanity? Yes, of course, yeah. Uh, one of my all-time favorite cards is actually Breaking Mr. Peanut's Brittle Body. So, <laughs> uh, so I think you could kick his ass pretty I, easy. I agree. I now, think so. I'm not sold on being able to kick the shit out of the uh, Hamburger Helper hand. Me either. He's all fist. It's well, just, that, he's 100% fist. If, if you look up the Hamburger Helper glove, I believe, on like Wikipedia... Uh, apparently he's like eight feet tall. Oh really? I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, this is an eight foot fist. Yeah. This went. We went. We went real deep today in this conversation that we had. Um, so I don't know, but I think uh, you know you probably could wear him down, but. I'm not sure. So then that one getting, looks tough. I mean, the yeah, surface area of attacks seems quite right. Exactly. As well, exactly. So. 
the slightly leaning towards it would be a fair like fight, a fair but, fight yeah but on the uh i could kick their ass side is the yellow m&m which i think is ranked far too high i think he belongs in probably one of the easiest to be yeah yeah in my M&M. opinion he's all chocolate well, he's in he's, <laughs> he's also the dumb m&m like right. You know, the other Eminem is on the at least at least the other one's streetwise, <laughs> right? Yeah, like this guy, you know, he's he doesn't have it all. He's not all there. <laughs> uh, I agree. Um, then uh, Digum from Sugar Smacks, he's bitch made. He doesn't even belong on this list. He is a he's. I could crush this guy. <laughs> I mean, I'd keep him alive just to take his lunch money every week. That's right. right. Yeah, right exactly. Income, but yeah. I mean, that's it. He's, you're his paid group leader now. <laughs> uh, um, and then uh, what's uh, this is the Lucky Charms elf. Does he have a name? Um, I want to say Patio Tool. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. He's not an elf. He's not an elf. He's a leprechaun. Yeah, yes. That's right. Yeah. 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 He's uh, a leprechaun. Patio Tool is his name for this segment. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, um, that's the most leprechaun name I can think of. Yeah. I feel like he's probably properly ranked. Yeah, again, yeah. magic component to him. Um, also, the movie, uh, those leprechaun horror movies as a child uh, used to scare the shit out of me. So, mm. Mm. Because know. we have historically quite some issue um, with Irish people and <laughs> violence in the UK. <laughs> yeah. And civil unrest. I mean, if he's, if he's so we, trained in... Are we saying the Irish are naturally, uh, you know, f- uh, uh, one to fight? <laughs> Don't try this. <laughs> I, can, I can attest. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, if he's Irish, then he should be... Toward, uh, like towards the other side. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. he wouldn't. I mean, you can't put him in the same box as some of these other geezers. Yeah, I think he, right. he's probably a bit more dangerous. Not Gerber baby, like. No, he exactly. looks soft. I mean, look at him. That smile and everything, mate. He's a bit. He's you're like, he's oh, my older brother delicious. would kick your ass type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my dad could beat up your dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, next category here is leaning towards the they would kick my ass. Uh, We've got Ronald McDonald, Fuck the, no. cool, the Kool-Aid guy, Cap'n Crunch, and Burger King. Mm. Thoughts? Ronald McDonald, get him out of there. I mean, Get him out of there? Where does he belong? With the Keebler elf. I think so, too. He's just a charitable clown. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what he is. He... Like, that's all he is. Yeah, like, you'd come up to him and, like, he'd try to scare you or try something and you'd get into it. And he'd be like, oh, it's just a prank, bro. You know, just like, kidding, all those yeah. fucking And then he'd, like, honk videos. your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then yeah. and then he'd sick the Hamburglar on you instead. You know, like, that guy's a badass. Ronald, not so much. No. But, agreed, agreed. Cool, uh, I think the Kool-Aid cool, guy yeah. is He's huge. He's huge. Yeah. Is Except he? he he is glass. So, like, he, But, I mean, how could, strong is he? He's breaking through brick walls with that glass. That's true. Oh God. That's you know what I'm true. saying? So he might belong a little further on could absolutely kick your ass. I agree. Know? I think he's I think he's closer to the other side of the spectrum. Mm. Yes. Um, and then Burger King, I think he could kick your ass. Yeah, I, I agree. He's big. He's he's big. He, dude. He's a king. What king, about Captain Crunch? Again, he's a he's a man of the sea. Uh, he's weathered. <laughs> You know, he, he's got some miles under his belt. You know who should be on this? The Gordon's Fisherman. <laughs> he would talk about an old guy who would absolutely slap you ass, slap you up. The Gordon's Fisherman would be 100 really good. Um, okay, then we have one in the middle of these two, which is the Tricks Rabbit. And I think that's the bear from like Honeycombs or. No, it's Chester help. Cheeto. No, no, no. There's the one in Isn't the middle. Isn't that the Frosty oh, that is. Tony Tiger guy? No, no, no. I see what you're saying. Right beside, Mc, uh, right beside Ronald. Ronald. He's that the, is, I think oh, that right. is the, the sugar. That's the sugar crisp guy. 
sugar crisp. Can't get enough of that sugar honey, crisp. Yes, honey crisp or sugar crisp yeah. or whatever it is. Mm. Uh, I think both of these guys are ranked way too. Yeah, high. what are they doing on there? Agreed. I don't know. They shouldn't eat. Well, tricks rabbit. I mean, tricks are for kids. First so of all, I could beat ability. up a rabbit in real life right <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, right. I have. I'm on the, the record. Microwave, right? mate. That's, we that's keep very easy. goddamn feet on our keychain. Exactly. Like, for fun. <laughs> like, yeah, for fun. Yeah. No, this <laughs> tricks rabbit. Uh, all right. So they don't belong there. I don't Agreed. think. I think they belong on the other side. Then there's three left here. and The final uh, boss. The final bosses are the green giant, uh, Tony the tiger, and Chester Cheeto, who is what is he? A, uh, Chester Wolfer? Cheeto looks like he's got like a STD of some sort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Chester that's how he, that's his. <laughs> yeah, but Chester I thought, I thought Cheeto he's a lives cheater. on the street. Isn't he yeah, he's cheater? a cheater. Yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. Thank God, he, I would have been embarrassing if I got that. No, right. you're right. I'm an idiot. So. <laughs> <laughs> did you, what did you call him? He said, he said a leopard. I said a leopard. Leopard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chester the leopard. I mean, Chester the. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. All right, Chester Cheeto, I oh, think man. he would kick my ass because, like... And Tony the Chester- Lion's coming up next. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> They're well, was pretty good. One, <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right, Chester Cheeto could kick my ass because I think he, like, he probably belongs to a gang. Yeah, no, he's uh, definitely gang-affiliated. <laughs> you, know, you know he's got, like, definitely on drugs of some sort. Like, he's got a fix. Fixer. He's got a Yo. fixer of some sort. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like psycho. Like you can see. I mean, just by looking at him, that he's probably got a shiv in his pocket. Yeah, and he's yeah. snorting. He's snorting Cheeto like. dust too. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. He is definitely snorting Cheeto dust. Uh, and then Green Giant, I would say yes because he's no, a yeah, no. Right? You're wrong. You know what? You just you just come up to him with a fucking copyright infringement notice from Marvel, and the guy just fucking <laughs> <laughs> disintegrates. <laughs> ho ho ho! Get my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an amazing attack copyright <laughs> infringement <Go. Wow. laughs> or should i say bruce banner <laughs> oh, dear, yeah. oh my god and then i think tony the tiger he's at the end of the day he Are might we be sure? a friendly tiger but he's still a tiger yeah i know uh, that's a man eater that will yeah that will fuck your shit up agreed so no i think overall you know pretty decent list but uh, there's definitely some issues with it mm. yeah not a perfect list but a list nonetheless yes so give us your uh we're gonna post this obviously i guess we just did to our twitter feed um post your takes on who you could beat up or who could beat up you and uh who you think could beat up chamber because i think he would lose to most <laughs> most people, people yes list. correct maybe even most the CTA. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> if that yeah. if that gerber baby's bar harley jarvis i'm definitely losing <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Well, see, Cred, I told you we would get to some nonsense. There. No, of course. <laughs> good, good, good. That's the stuff we're good at. Um, but anyway, before we get out of here, uh, one, thank you so much for joining us, thank especially at a late hour uh, over there where you are. And then two, we want to give you the floor to kind of tell everybody where they can find you and, um, you know, social media, Telegram, your YouTube, anything like that. Um, where do you want to direct people? Sure. Well, yeah, as I said, thank you for having me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> as you could tell by the end, I had a great fucking time, lads. Thank you. <laughs> um, and hopefully some of the trading-related stuff people care about, it was interesting enough and not terribly repetitive. Our uh, audience probably cares more about the who we can beat in a fight. Good, because but... <laughs> I enjoyed that section as well. Um, <laughs> and hopefully Green Giant, or whatever his fucking name is, knows not to step in my end. Cease yeah. and right. desist, oh. bitch. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, in terms of finding me, <clears throat> just Twitter, probably the easiest. CryptoCred, it's spelt how it sounds, and then I think everything you need will be will be there. There's, I mean, YouTube, Medium, all that other stuff follows as well, but really my pinned tweet has got references to all of my work, so just click on that, and if trading's your thing, have a, have a go. There might be something valuable there for you. Yeah, I would say uh, anybody who hasn't, um, the other thing that I, I think is awesome is uh, your Telegram, which mm. is kind of like your, I don't know, I would say your like, live updates of what you're doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Would, you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I've been quite bad with it recently, but generally I use it for more. I don't like to spam Twitter with shit, so you know, short-term thoughts and pontification finds its how home in my Telegram channel. So that's CryptoCredTA t.me slash crypto ta is the telegram channel uh, i do live streams there usually every week um that i i become very annoying and don't make them replayable because i just cuss and say inappropriate shit <laughs> uh, but if, if you like the short-term stuff and again that there's a link there in my twitter profile as well if you like if you like that sort of stuff and want to catch some live streams that's the place for you but really twitter and that you're covered Cool. Well, again, thank you so much. That was a, a good time. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you, Jens. Um, and anything else, Chamber, before we go? Because I can hear you slurping your Kool-Aid in the background, getting ready for your <laughs> getting fight ready for the with fight. the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just intimidation to the Kool-Aid man. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Drink your milkshake. <laughs> All done for me. No, Cred, I, we appreciate it. it was, that was a blast. I figured we would have some fun. Uh, I was not disappointed. So thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thank awesome. You guys. Well, until next time, don't get wrecked. And that is financial advice.